0: Welcome to A Drink of Wisdom. I'm Nathan Drinkard, I'm Jay Wise. Thanks for spending some of your time with us. As a reminder, we're on Anchor, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify. If you're looking for us in the video format, you can find us on the a Drink of Wisdom uh, YouTube channel. And we're also on the ColorCast app, streaming live on this beautiful platform. And we've got the casting, and co-casting, and everything's up and running. Drink,
1: great to have you in today. Hey, man, I'm glad to be here on another Fruitful Friday. You know what it is. We up in this thing, baby, on the ones and twos. How everything over there with you and yours? Good, man. Good, man. Good to see we're fully operational in here. How about you? Hey man, I'm glad to be full of operational too. But let me not hold this this show, you know, hold this show up. Another day, another dollar. We got to give the streets what they need. We see what they don't. We definitely gonna say what they want. Set your dinner plates, cause it's time to eat. But last but not least, let's talk some sports, baby. Jay, what you got for us today?
0: Episode 22 of season three. We've got the uh, we got the Cowboys and Saints, Warriors, Suns, and we'll look ahead to tomorrow's conference championship action
1: all right but first let's start off with our favorite and i mean absolute favorite subject covid19 vaccination cards um so (laughs) as we jump into this we we had a um a, a detailed story to come out by the nfl this week saying you know someone saying that uh antonio brown you know once had a covid um Uh, a fake covid vaccination card with two others one being a former player he not just him by himself but he is the name that brings us to the table so he will be the name that we talk about but um jumping into this uh how how do you feel about this um listen they're man they're making players that don't want to get the vaccination do triple the work that a player that, that does get a vaccination so i know before the show you said hey I'm not surprised to see this with that said what what, what do the NFL do with this how do you think this should be be rolled out here as far as if you was trying to make the decision on how to how to uh, regulate this right now what what should the NFL do if you' the commissioner for today
0: well to to start to, to we'll start there um I think the NFL what they've done is much like the NFL to me doesn't seem all that interested in a lot of this this kind of what i'm getting at is remember aaron Rodgers, the nfl kind of they just look at the packers like oh, that's, that's your fault you should have like you know you should have ch- make sure you checked his card or like was fully in tune like we put that on you you didn't have him following all the protocols that's wow. your fault we about to find you and collect draft picks we're gonna do something I think it's the same thing right here. They come out here and say, hey, man, it's on the the teams. The teams are the ones checking off them cars. We ain't got nothing to do with it. Um, So in that sense, if I'm a team and I say, man, the NFL, I guess they leaving it to us. Well, maybe we might might be able to skirt some of this stuff. We might be able to get around some of these these mandates, so to speak. So... uh, The NFL, now that they have a situation, like, thrown in their face, you had Antonio Brown's, like, a chef of his or somebody came out and said, hey, he got a fake vaccine card. Check him out.
1: No, which the story goes the chef seen a fake vaccination card from his girlfriend, not necessarily him, but his girlfriend Mm. showed a screenshot of a fake vaccination card. Mm. Just want to throw out the full, you know, context of that.
0: But anyway and yeah you fast forward nfl has to come out and do that little investigation what they find is that he brought a fake vaccine card to training camp uh shortly after Rod, after he got there they was like hey man that's bad you should you shouldn't do that so he went out and got the vaccine as did mike edwards i believe as i think john franklin the he was on the bucks yeah. and now he's been waived since then i think they all got the vaccine but um drink this is a no-no um I, and i don't really care all that much i've said i don't I don't really care about the fake vaccine cars. but at the same time, yeah, what's the point of having a rule if you're not going to enforce it? So I mean, the, they got the rules on the vaccines. If you got the vaccine, you get to, it's a little bit easier on you. So, so we think um, if you, if you didn't get the vaccine and you got your life's going to be a little bit more difficult with the, and with that, and with that being said that the, some of these sports leagues, they got a little bit easier. Like this is like, there's, there's other job fields. Like if you just in the regular world, uh, people people are losing their jobs over this crap. So uh, the play, but the players' associations have like they made been able to come up with the, these agreements to where um, the people they represent, the players, can still play. They just gotta their lives just gotta be a little bit more difficult with all the testing, all the masking, uh, all the other ridiculous things like you, They gotta ride a they gotta ride a plane by themselves or you know all this other stuff. So. I'm just I'm not surprised that we're seeing uh, players be putting uh, you know some of these players trying to do this and I, I just think it's I find it a little bit interesting that you have Bruce Arians coming out there and saying hey man we've done all we can do we did the best we can I, need, I think the NFL needs to start looking at all these other teams well of course you do of course <laughs> you do because it's your players that are it's your players that's getting suspended so and uh, a cynical person might suspect that, man, this this might be happening across the league. This might be happening across the country, so to speak. I mean, I would never partake in such a, a heinous crime, but have I heard? Have I heard? You know, whispers and other things. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Uh, I, I would venture to say you might as well too. But uh, I don't want the FBI coming down here. So uh, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. My vaccine card is real. I t- I got it, and that's the end of it. But then at the same time, drink. what about them vaccines? And what about all, what about all this stuff? They they got that new variant that came out here. You know, I've just been waiting, dying to talk about Omicron or whatever, just these ridiculous names that they come up with, Greek letters, all this stuff. They got Omicron, the worst thing that's ever going to happen. They got people, oh, a lockdown's back on the table. Oh, no, not now. What do you mean not now? No, we're not, nobody's locking down ever again. Nobody's, done. we did that, we did that. I said it, remember, I said it last year right at the start of this thing. You can lock down for as long as you want, but once you open it back up, we're done. So I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about Omicron. I don't want to hear about it. But people people transmitting this thing around, whether they vaccinated or not, whether they masking or not, whether they social distancing, like these things, you ever notice, like, oh, we got a new variant. Well, what are we going to do this time? Let's just do the same stuff we did at the start of this whole thing. Yeah, because that worked, that worked great. So I, I'm just, in, in the end, like I'm just, I'm just tired of this, um, but I, and I also, I also got to say this point, the, the, just to go back to the point of this is this, you got the rule in there and not only, not only the rule, it's a, it's a federal crime drink. The FBI put out a memo back in uh, a, a PSA in March talking about, Hey, don't do this. Uh, and talking about eh, you're putting everybody at risk and all this other uh, stuff. You know, you you know, some, some states have laws like I think in New York if if you do this it's a class E felony. That's a big deal. Good that but they in Florida, I don't Ron DeSantis is like shrugging his shoulders at this, probably like, eh, you know, I yeah. I, I don't know. But if, I, I would think they probably
1: feel the same way about that in Texas too.
0: Yeah. But I, I just gotta say the if if this was me or you or just regular joe Smo, you know out in the community and they pull this uh they probably get arrested and they probably getting prosecuted so that's my that's my question i i mean that's real cool that you had a little three game suspension three and that comes with no pay i get all that i know that's gonna hurt them i know that's gonna hurt antonio brown all the millions he's made in his career that's probably gonna really hurt but i wanna look if you're gonna have this rule if, you, if it's gonna be a federal crime Where's the, where's the arrest? And where's the prosecution? That's my question.
1: So to to pick it up where you left it off look here's the deal like he said if you're average joe um jay you made a good point because i feel like if me and you was flopping around here and we had the old copying machine out here and we got cold busted out here Z xeroxing it and you know using our special drink of wisdom ink on it and all this other stuff you know (laughs) hey Dad be like hey you know what time it is we're about to go ahead y'all want y'all 15 minutes of fame we're about to hook y'all on up right um you have the but, right to
0: remain silent, and that's going to hurt your podcast real good.
1: <laughs> so, uh, but uh, let me say this like, as much as, and I think our stance on this whole COVID thing, up to a point, is parallel. I mean, at a point, I think we kind of bear, bear off a little bit, but we always come back to the same um, destination. I'm glad to hear the part where Antonio Brown and and the other two guys, they went out and, okay, this is bad. Let me go get a real card Let me go get vaccinated for real. Because that's what my my reservation, that's what my frustration was at, was like, yo, I don't think it's funny, nor do I think it's fair for, you know, people to go out here and get a fake vaccination card. And, and, you know, I hear the parallels. It's like having a fake driver license. I don't think it's, you know – it, I, I also don't think it's fake, it's funny to have a fake driver license either. Because if you get your sorry ass behind the wheel and can't drive, you can kill somebody. So I don't I don't think that's funny either. But for the most part, people don't get a fake ID to drive. They get a fake ID for you know other things. They're not doing it because they want to drive so bad. They're doing it because they might want to buy something that that ID will allow them to buy. So the vaccination thing though is. With everybody trying to be so serious about it, man, well, you better be vaccinated, you better do this, you better do that. It seems like every other week, especially in the NFL, and I'm not saying the other major sports are not having these problems, but the NFL problems are coming to the front for right? You had Aaron Rodgers, what he lacked to say or what he did say or how he misguided everybody. Now you got Antonio Brown and, and James Franklin III, and, I mean John Franklin III and, and the other guy, Possibly having fake cards. And like and the and the reason I want to illustrate that story earlier when you started talking is because, like I said, in that article, the chef over here, everybody wants a piece of flesh when you when you're on your downfall. So he he found his two seconds to be like, Oh, yeah, I told you right on a fake card. His girlfriend showed me a screenshot on her phone. So I couldn't really verify it, but it was there. Uh, okay. Thanks a lot, but you know why we care? Because he said Antonio Brown. So we are gonna listen because he said Antonio Brown. Even though if somebody came to you right now, Jay, and said, "Hey, Drink said you Drink said that you are a fool. Look at this screenshot right here. Yeah, it's right there. I'm fair. I would hope you would just be like, Hmm, this seems a little fishy. Won't I just? Hey, man, I seen the screenshot where you called me a fool." Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. So I, I didn't really like how that unfolded, but it unfolded. It is what it is. It's out there now. Um, but in, in the grand nutshell with this vaccination thing it's this, man. I agree with you on this. If you're going to make people that don't get vaccinated jobs 10 times harder, then what do you think they're going to do? They're either going to quit or find a way to cut a corner. That's what it's going to be. That's how the world works. This COVID-19 thing ain't no different. If you make my job harder for no apparent reason, I'm thinking one of two things. How can I make my job easier and still get paid the same amount of money? Or how can I quit and go ahead and mosey on down to another job? That's that's the same thing for athletes, artists, any type of entertainer. Like It's the same thing, man. Like And that's what I see here. And like you said, that's what you're starting to see. Is, okay, if you're going to keep forcing me to do all this work just because I don't want to get, you know, some some object put into my body, then cool. No, hey, let me go ahead and go hire this doc over here that's highly suspicious. They're going to write me, some, you know, write me up a card. Let me go ahead and just go to China and order me some cards through the black market over here. And then go ahead and get them on over here and do my thing. I'm not condoning it, but like I said, I do understand it.
0: All right, we'll move on to Thursday night football. Last night, where the Dallas Cowboys somewhat got back on track as they defeat the New Orleans Saints, 27-17. The Cowboys now uh, eight and four. Dak Prescott, 238 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception. Zeke Elliott 45 yards on the ground. They got a 58-yard touchdown run from Tony Pollard. CeeDee Lamb led the receiving led the receiving core, seven catches, 89 yards, and Micah Parsons picked up his tenth sack. Uh, last night, the Saints, meanwhile, uh, that was their fifth consecutive loss. The dealing with quarterback issues, Taysom Hill making his first start of the season last night. Uh, 19 for 41, 264 yards, two touchdowns, but four interceptions, 96 yards and a touchdown for Deontay Harris. And P.J. Williams, he had himself a sack looking at some of these statistics. There's just not a whole lot of names for the Saints <laughs> that I really care to mention. I've got to be honest with you. Uh, Drink the Cowboys. <laughs> Getting back on track, so to speak, but um, did this, was this the type of performance uh, you were looking for to get the Cowboys back in that conversation of those top five teams that we've had
1: most of the year? Uh, absolutely not. Let's go ahead, it what it is. The <laughs> result was about um, what we thought it was going to be. Listen, we knew the Cowboys were a team that was capable of beating a bad team. Um, but we also knew the Cowboys was a team that was capable of losing to a bad team. Um, and I think for the most part, I know me and you participate in a league where we, we give up our picks and we, we set our scores. And I think in that league, for the most part, everybody had Dallas somewhat, you know, low 20s, early 30s. And then it had the Saints like low, like 15, somewhere in the 15 to 17 area. So I, I think it, it the game went somewhat on par like we thought it would no with that said it shouldn't have went that way it should have been 40 to 17 out this piece because the saints for what it's worth i mean the defense played pretty decently i thought but that was it that offense was in there i'm listen tason hill was giving it the old college try out there and i know to your credit you were saying like how well he played in the first half But, I mean, that first half got a a mega offset when you get to the second half because he went out there and stunk the joint up in the second half when it came to passing. Now, like I said, like I told you earlier, it was this little part, like in the third quarter, beginning of the fourth, where they had like some run game going on and the crowd was getting into it. And I thought that looked really good when they was doing like the, you know, the the quarterback draws and like the RPO type looks. And I, I was like, okay, this could work. For a short period of time but it can work right um but outside of that i mean what what the hell did the guy have i mean he couldn't he threw for 264 yards i mean a qbr of 28.4 how let your boy on that but he did have 11 carries for 101 yards that's more of a like a lamar jackson type thing right there and you i mean that was the offense i'm sorry folks that was the offense Mark Ingram, 10 carries for 28 yards. Yeah, 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 that's, that's beautiful. Um, Harris, what, four catches for 96 yards, one touchdown. Um, LeJordan Humphrey, two receptions, 49 yards for one touchdown. That is the offense, folks. That's it. Bar none. That was, I, don't gotta, I don't got nobody else to give you. That was the offense. So the Saints, for what it's worth, the Dallas Cowboys was more talented, and that's what we've seen. But it was nothing in that game that you seen that made you think, hey, Cowboys, they back to elite status in the NFC, baby. they back to elite status. They up there with the, 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 the Packers and the Rams and the Bucks." No, we didn't see none of that. We just seen the Cowboys win a game that they should have won because the Saints are in there on offense. Taysom Hill is not going to get it done in any form or fashion as a passer. Let's call it what it is. Even if Mike Thomas was still out there. Even if you know, uh, Alvin Kamara was still out there. He's not getting it done, folks. This is, is a reason why in his extension for his contract, they put all these clauses in there and they said, oh, you could maximize this contract if you are QB1 and you win X amount of games because they know what time it is. He was just a QB1 last, last night. How'd that work out for you? So, they knew what was going on when they made that contract. That's what we seen last night. Now, to, to, to actually talk about the Cowboys, I'm going to tell you right now. I expect them more. I just expect them more. Like, listen, I don't know. I know last week uh, or two weeks ago, they was without uh, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, and I gave them the benefit of the doubt in that game. Like, okay, well, you don't have both of these guys, so to pass the game and fall off a little bit. I don't know what the hell the excuse was last night. You had C.D. Lamb. You had Amari Cooper. You had Michael Gallup. You had you had all uh, Dawson Schultz. You had your guys. What's the problem? And you only throw for two thirty eight, one touchdown, one interception, and you had a whopping thirty eight point three QBR day. What's the problem here? I I, oh, oh, I I forgot. Saints got that shut down secondary with a no fly zone. Legion of Boom back there. I forgot. I forgot about that. So maybe I missed that. Maybe I missed that part of the promo when they was, pro, you know, promoting this game. Because Dak that was, I, I, that's not it for me. And then you got Zeke out here. Clearly hobbled. Clearly not himself. 13 carries for 45 yards. Let's go ahead and pack him up. Let's go ahead and put him on injured reserve or something. Go ahead and get him up out of here. Let him go here because clearly he's not healthy. Gilton and Pollard. You only gave him seven carries. 71 yards. We know most of that. I think it was a 58-yard touchdown he scored. Most of that came off that touchdown run. Um, so, but you got to give him more carries if you're going to do it that way. I, I didn't think the offensive line was in the up last night. I actually, I thought they, they was playing well. I just, you know, it, it just, it, it, I think it was a little harder for Tony Pollard to get the engine going because he's smaller. But you know, when he got his opportunity, he took it. But no, to answer your question, Jay. When, when the best thing I can say about you is Anthony Brown had 10 tackles, uh, Anthony Brown didn't get torched, he didn't get, you know, they didn't hit him with the whole the old golden corral, eat all you can eat over there. When that's the best thing I can say, I mean, I don't know. Michael Parsons had a good game, but Michael Parsons always have a good game. You need a, you need a little more than Michael Parsons on the defense, clearly, because he does his job. He's probably a mild ahead of anybody that's in the defensive rookie of the year category but it does not matter it does not matter because if this is the product you're rolling out here you shouldn't even gave up 17 points to the saints if i'm being honest but either way this note this team is not in the top echelons of the alc they're probably in the middle of the pack they could make their way up there at some point oh by the way i have to say we, this game was coached by the defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn. Um, I think they kept slapping with the interim head coach tag, which I thought that was only given when they fired a the head coach. Whatever. He, he had... I did like the energy i seen with those guys, um, you know, interacting with him last night. They seem to be out there a little jovial, but that's always how it is when the head coach is gone for, you know, a game or two. The guy who gets to step in it, woo, yeah. But, you know, things will get back in order when Mike McCarthy get back. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but i say this. No, the Cowboys did not show me anything that made me think they're back with the elites. Not quite yet.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I didn't. I wasn't that impressed by the, by the Cowboys performance either. Saints, Saints just, some um, God, this offense just isn't very talented. When, when Alvin Kamara does not play and Michael Thomas is not, you know, played the entire season, that's their two, that's their two weapons. Uh, and last year you had, uh, you had Sanders, you had Jared Cook, you had, you know, a couple more. You know at least notable you know name guys they name brands at least these guys uh, these guys got a great value feel to them and uh, just (laughs) just ain't that much value in there I mean who I gotta I'd like to know like if I'm Dan Quinn I'd like to know Dan Quinn who did you prepare for this week Deontay Harris was that who you prepared for Traquan Smith maybe Oh, I know who it was. It was Kenny Stills, wasn't it? Kenny Stills. Uh, yeah, this, um, this Saints offense just don't have a lot. I mean, Mark Ingram's old. Uh, Taysom Hill. I mean, I, I thought Taysom Hill played. Taysom Hill was doing okay. And then the second half rolled around, he just, like, can't stop throwing the ball to the other team. I mean, when you're out here throwing a, a kind of, I don't know what he was doing, throwing a hitch route or throwing a drag or something, you throw it right to the defensive lineman. I mean, it's... This ain't
1: good, yeah. folks. This ain't it's good. Right. Sean
0: Payton's just like,
1: yeah. what? What am I supposed <laughs> to do with this? <laughs>
0: what am I supposed yeah. to do with and this? And like, you know, but you look. I mean, you look at what they did. They racked up over four hundred yards, and they just there ain't nobody on that offense that I look at and is like, man, I'm, I'm scared of that dude. He can he he can hurt us. Who? Uh, there's no one. Like All they right. got Ty Montgomery. Are you serious? The dude that Aaron Rodgers kicked out of Green Bay like four years ago. But what I don't even remember what he did to get kicked out of there. Like, but (laughs) Lord God, it's just, I I would have expected more. I would have expected a more dominating performance, especially, especially from the Cowboys defense. But um, I mean, they gave up all 400 yards. They were opportunistic. Michael Parsons is a bad dude. He, I think he will wind up winning. Defensive rookie of the year. Uh, I wouldn't completely wrap it up yet. I mean, I know Patrick Sertan is having a heck of a year out in Denver. That's the other guy I'd throw in there that would be in the mix. But, yeah, I mean, Tr- Trayvon Dave gets his ninth interception last night. I mean, they they took the ball away uh, from New Orleans. But, but even so, like, I mean, Taysom Hill, 100 yards on the ground? Yeah, okay. But it just... It wasn't it wasn't clean drink. It wasn't a clean performance. I mean, they should have got these guys out there in a hurry. But it was it was 1310 early in the third uh, early in the thir- early ish in the third quarter. And then they get a Tony Pollard run that kind of broke the game open. But New Orleans, I mean, New Orleans was in this thing for a long time. And then until le- uh, late in the second half into the fourth quarter, when they just turned the ball over repeatedly. The Cowboys could have, should have done more, and really this offense, drink, uh, Dak Prescott's QBR has been under 50 for three straight games. Yeah, uh, it's definitely concerning. Last time, I, I like this Saints defense, I really do, but I mean, I don't know if they got, I don't know if they should be holding people, the Cowboys down to this degree. I mean, it it, it, it wasn't clean offensively either, and you talk about CeeDee Lamb back, Amari Cooper back, and. But they just they got a problem with this running game and I know it appears that I th- Zeke's hurt. He's not 100% and it you might you may be right. They might have just sit him down and let Tony Pollard shoulder the load for a little bit. Cuz Tony Pollard can make things happen for you as he displayed right. last night. He can he can hit the home run. The way Zeke is out here, gotten a hitch in his step. Like he he not he not, he not running very far. It's how many times this is something that I found interesting. There was a quite, there was a couple of carries last night that he had where he had a lot of room and he just kind of, he's over there like sauntering, just, just like, Oh, let me get to the sideline. I ain't trying to hit nobody <laughs> right now. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm, I'm just, I'm not confident in Dallas when you, when you, when you look at them and you compare them to especially green Bay right now, uh, even, even Arizona, even with their uh, problems, stopping the running, stopping the running game, you know, and I must say, even the, even the, even the Rams, like, so the Ram, I think the Rams are going to wind up being better than Dallas. This this right. performance by this performance by Dallas against the Saints team that is just reeling and they on their third quarterback. They just there ain't a whole lot there ain't a whole lot the Saints can get excited about and especially when you know Alvin Kamara, that's the offense. Yeah, I, re- I really thought Dallas should have done more in this game.
1: Okay, so moving on to the NBA Tuesday night. We had the two hottest teams in the NBA um you know, go at it. The Golden State Warriors went down to Phoenix to visit the uh, the Phoenix Suns. Um it was a slobber knocker. Yeah, look, I understand that, you know, this is early December, but this game had a playoff feel, even though this game don't matter in the grand scheme right now. But I think both teams show a lot of spirit, a lot of, you know, we want to be the best of team. We think we're the best team in the West. You think you're the best team. Come on Willie, let's dance. Um, the Suns came out on top, 104-96. So, Jay, with that said, what what are, what are your big takeaways that you took away from this early, high-stakes matchup?
0: Well, even though even though the Suns um, won the game, and they also I think they won last night or a couple nights ago, they're now they're, that winning streak is now up to 18. I Believe that's a franchise record. So the Saints, uh, you gotta you gotta respect them, and I really thought um, you know coming off. Of last season, where they just shocked everybody, you know, I, I thought the same. I thought they were gonna come back to earth, but they still out here. They performing. You got to give them a lot of credit. You got to give Monty Williams a lot of credit. So, but um, something tells me Golden State's gonna be the better team when it's all said and done. Uh, remember, Klay Thompson still has not returned for this team. They also without James Wiseman. And I got to tell you, um, there were two. Look, Steph Curry was. I I didn't I didn't look at it, but this I would venture. This gotta be his worst game of the season. Uh, you're talking about 12 points on four for 21, a three for 14 from behind the three-point line. I thought Mikael Bridges did a fine job on him. Um, you re- you was looking at the stat sheet earlier. I don't think he did much else in this game. No, nah, he didn't uh, do much else. Look, hey, <laughs> no, listen, he did not. But
1: listen, you, look, you give, the, you give a man a job to do when
0: he comes out and does that. You got to give him credit. But I just I just think Klay um, Thompson, when he steps out on the court, uh, it's going to be a lot harder for teams to just, you know, just throw everything – the kitchen sink and all the living room furniture. And one guy um, and the other part of this game for Golden State, where they were just dreadful is the turnovers. And this goes back for years. Like, I mean, the one thing that like Steve Kerr, that he probably would have a problem with is they just, they play their, their brand of basketball is so beautiful. And it, when they, and it goes back to 2015, when they, when Steve Kerr's first year, the way they share the ball is it's infectious. It's one of the reasons that Kevin Durant went over there. because right. The way they share the ball. But, my yeah. God, they can get careless with the ball sometimes. And this was one of those games, you talk about 22 turnovers, and they were sloppy. A lot of them was live ball. They get the Suns out in transition. Suns had 12 of these with steals. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty dreadful. And you're on the road against a team as hot as Phoenix is. Uh, they paid the price. But even so, I mean, even as bad as Steph was, even as, even as lackluster they were uh, taking care of the ball, they lost by eight points. They was in it, you know, into the – they was in the game the whole way. Chris Paul made some clutch shots down the stretch. The one thing – the one big thing that I would notice and I would be concerned about if I'm Golden State is uh, I think DeAndre Ayton's going to give them some problems. You know, if you look at this team in a series, I'm not sure Wiseman. I'm not sure Looney. I think Ayton's going to have a decided advantage against any uh, big that Golden State can throw at him. That would be the biggest area of concern for me. But for Golden State, when they get Wiseman back, when Thompson gets back in the lineup, you think about this bench. Jordan Poole will slide back to the bench, and this is a guy we got to pay attention to. Boy, was he excellent in this game. And then uh, who else you got? Who else would slide? Oh, it's either going to be Looney and Wiseman. They'll come off the bench. But when you got those guys and then Looney or Wiseman – and uh, Gary Payton Jr., by the way, who was, he really right. impressed me in this game. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that, that's a bench that's going to be uh, worth fearing. You know, you could do a lot worse than Otto Porter coming off your bench. So I think, I think Golden State, you know, their starting lineup is going to be fearsome. Don't forget about Iguadala either. He's back right. on this team. I don't know, something, something tells me this, this could very well be a Western Conference Finals preview. I like mm. how there was so much energy coming into this game. It's a very early right. season matchup, but clearly they look like the, the two best teams in the league right now. And um it it, it I think it lived up to its billing. It's, it's you don't often get a matchup to this degree before Christmas that seems to be this meaningful. But it was, and it was uh it it, it was enjoyable. I'm glad I'm glad we tuned in and we're talking about it.
1: Were I mean, listen for for like I said, um, in the lead in for this to be a early, you know, late November, early December game. Um, I thought the atmosphere was incredible. Um, I thought the star players, even though Steph Curry didn't play his best, he played though. Um, and this one, one of those, let me rest, let me sit it out. Um, he played, Devin Booker played, Chris Paul played, um, Draymond Green played. Hell, Clay Thompson probably would have played if he could. Um, I, I just thought, you know. But for, for that participation in today's NBA, I got to give them credit for that because, you you know, load management and all that, you know, you, you'll be quick to get a player not to show up. So with that said, one, so just keeping it in the context of this game, all right, and I'm not going to, like, go out big picture because big picture, I agree with you, I think Golden State is the better team once they get their pieces back. But standing within this game, I thought in this game, you know, the two things that stood out to me the most was, Number one, the Suns' balance. If you if you take out, you know, Mikael Bridges' numbers, and he he was the only one that, that was a starter that wasn't double digits. You get you get ten from Booker, you get fifteen from Chris Paul, you get twenty four from Aiden, you get fourteen from Crowder, you get the whopping two from Bridges. Um, but like you said, Bridges was more of a defensive guy here. And listen, if if Bridges gonna go ahead and stop Steph Curry and make him uh, score twelve points. I take the two points from him offensively. I ain't even worried about it. You could give me a Dennis Rodman staff. I don't give a rip. You give me the Tony Snell, the Tony Snell special. I don't care. Just if you can go out there and shut down the best shooter in, in, in NBA history like that, and by all means, roll them donuts, roll that beautiful bean footage, you know. So. I'm not mad at that. Once, once you kind of illustrated that to me and made more sense, I said, all right, cool. I I, I can dig that. I thought their balance was a very big thing. Now, I go over to the Warriors. As I talk about balance for the Suns, I'm looking at the Warriors, and I'm like, okay, cool. So, Pooh he comes out here and gives you a whopping 28, right? Oh, man. So, And then I think about Otto Porter Jr. coming off the bench giving you 16. So, just I'm thinking about those two showing up. I'm like, well, you should... This should be, uh, you know, quite a hell of a game for the Warriors. Steph giving you twelve, Draymond giving you eight, and Wiggins giving you ten. Now, I think my biggest problem with the way the, what the Warriors did, if Wiggins and Curry, your two best players, are gonna give you twenty two total, that's probably gonna mean you're gonna lose the game, because Draymond Green can't make that up. I'm sorry, but that's not what Draymond Green do. Kevon Looney ain't making that up. That's not what he do. So now you're depending on Poole and Porter. And, you know, let's keep it real. Poole looked awesome in his game. But go look at the game before. He's not consistent. He just, when he played well, he plays well. And Otto Porter is definitely not consistent. He ain't been consistent since he got that big money from the Wizards. So, I mean, if... It seems to me, and I know this will change once Clay come back and once James Wiseman come back and all that, it seems to me they're very dependent on what Steph and and Andrew Wiggins can do. And if those two guys don't show up, it's a long night in the office. Whereas when I look at the Suns, their best player, which is Devin Booker, gave him a whopping 10. And listen, you know how I feel about Booker. If Booker ain't giving you points, he ain't giving you nothing else. You ain't getting no rebounds. You ain't getting no assists. You, you might get an elbow or a flagrant, but you ain't getting much more out, out of that. That's what, you get what you get from Booker. So I know if he ain't going off in the points category, it's probably a struggle, but yet and still, when you got the rest of the team with the balance that they have, that's what you get. Um, outside of that, I was very entertained by the game. I think the Suns did enough to win the game, because like you said, if you turn over the ball at the level that the Warriors turn over the ball, that's going to happen to you, and that is what happened to them. So good win by the Suns. Can't wait to see them run this back again. These are the two best teams in the Western Conference. Some consider them the two best teams in the NBA in total. I think they gave us that show. They made TNT proud. They made us proud. Can't wait to see the next matchup.
0: Yeah, just just a, one final point on the Suns, uh, just to not be too hard on Devin Booker. He did leave this game with an injury in the second quarter, would not return. That's a that's an even bigger credit to Phoenix for the way they continue to play and persevere in the second half. I really thought that defense carried them in this game, but also I'll just go back to Golden State for a brief moment. Clay coming back not only that's going to lengthen out the bench, but that's also going to put you know Stephen Clay in the one A one B whatever. Wiggins going to slide back to that number three score role, and I swear if he can't get it done in that role, which is what they brought him over you know in to, to play in, in in the first place. Then I don't I don't know like that that number one pick thing is starting to smell it smell a little fishy out here and just <laughs> look Draymond I know Draymond ain't a scorer but Draymond I swear when he gets the ball off the off when they trap step and he gets the ball and it's basically a four on three he's got to be aggressive and he's got to look to score he's got to look to score more than he does because you notice they play him they play him a lot they play him to pass. They think he's going to throw the lob or kick it out for a three. So he's he's got he's got to make sure he continues to be aggressive and look for his shot because Draymond can still score the ball. He just he just too passive for some reason. And I think look, I think if he get, if he plays more aggressive and keeps uh keeps the pressure on defenses, that'll that'll make Golden State even more even more formidable. I agree. All right, moving on to college football. I think after this, we well we move into some of these bowl games, we don't care about moving to the Jimmy Kimmel bowl game and uh, the uh, mattress furnishings bowl game and just all the, the, the Zaxby's they're sponsoring <laughs> the bowl. I don't know if any of that's <laughs> true except the Jimmy Kimmel. But, look, we got plenty of good action for you championship weekend, including the uh, – the Who Gives a Damn Game of the Week, the Pac-12 <laughs> championship game between Utah and Oregon. Uh, you tell me if you I, I, I'm not looking for <laughs> that. I'm here for tomorrow's action where we see the Big 12 title game. Oklahoma State trying to build on uh, their argument for the college football playoff noon on ABC. Then you know what it is. The SEC title game on CBS. Q to music. We got Georgia Boom. and Bama ready to get it going. And in the Big 10 title game. The Jim Harbaugh's come in against the Kurt Ferrences. That's Michigan and Iowa. Drake, those are the three games I'm absolutely psyched for uh, in the middle one. it. Oh, I, I, Georgia, I think Georgia looked like the best team in the country, but I'm hesitant to put too much um, on that game and Vegas is too. They're only giving them six and a half. Take it away, Drake.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let me, let me, uh, yeah, all right. So Conference, UFC, uh, Conference USA, Western Kentucky versus um, USTA. Um, 7 p.m., CBS network, the, the sports right, network from CBS right, tonight. Right now. Right now. Start, yep, started 10 minutes ago, evidently. Um, so uh, cool. Pac 12 championship come on tonight at 8. Um, listen, I'm going to give the Pac 12 their little flowers because they are a Power 5 team. Listen, this game has no bearing on the playoff championship. I mean, on, on the playoff rankings or the race, these two teams are playing personally to see who's going to play in the Rose Bowl. Um, so 8 o'clock on ABC, get you some of that action. I will watch it, even though, you know, my partner is a little skeptical about that the conference. I will be watching that. All right, starting tomorrow's action, coming on at 12 on ABC, we got the Big Ten, the Big 12 championship. Uh, Oklahoma State, which is a five-point Five-and-a-half point favorite against uh, Baylor <clears throat> um, on ABC. Listen, here's the deal. Let's go, Baylor. No, I'm just saying. But <laughs> Oklahoma State, they're, they're playing for a spot. Right now they're number five in the playoff ranking, so they are playing for something. If chaos assumes in front of them and they are the Big 12 champs, they're in, all they need is for like Alabama to lose or Cincinnati to lose or something along that line, and they're, they're in there like swimwear. Um, So I, I think that game has some intriguing points because Baylor, being the new the the surprise guys, even though yes I, I understand Matt Rule was there, and he had a good thing going. But with David Dave, Dave Miranda coming from LSU, he has really got these guys off the mat. Really got them playing well. They already beat Oklahoma. Now they can you know they I think they lost to Oklahoma State already. So they get a chance to get the they they get back um, with Oklahoma State. So that's probably the biggest story out of that. We got the MAC Championship. I'm not going through that. We also got the um, Mountain West Championship. I'm not going through that either. Um, sorry, folks, if you if you tune in, and listen to those. I'm sorry, but we ain't we ain't doing that. Um, the Sun Belt Championship out here. You know, we ain't doing that either. Um, coming down to the four o'clock window, the uh, AAC Championship. Uh, we got Cincinnati. A 10 and a half point favorite versus houston um now people we know cincinnati is thick off into the playoff race they're um number four right now They got look looking to have a good chance to get in but they got a pretty high um houston kugel team in front of them look this team only lost one game it was earlier matter of fact it was the first game of the season now that i think about it first game of the season they lost i forgot the opponent but Houston has been on their job since then. I think they will give Cincinnati a fight. I think they got a chance. Vegas said 10 and a half, so that makes me worry a little bit. Vegas knows they're all about the lettuce, baby. So it's something that they know, that they see, why they're saying that Cincinnati are probably going to pull away with this game somewhere in the third or fourth quarter. But I think they, they are in for a fight. At the same time, also coming in at 4 o'clock, the main event, CBS. We got the music, the big boys, number one, Georgia, number three, Alabama. Now, here's the deal, folks. I'm going to go ahead and give it to you raw and fresh off the press. I know a lot of people killing killing my boys out here saying they ain't got a shot. That uh, that offensive line is soft. Bryce Young get confused. That defense is hit or miss, and that's all true. (laughs) That could be all true. I got it. But let me tell you something. This is why we play the game. And this game will be played, and I do have my boys winning this. I don't give a damn about Vegas saying Georgia's a six and a half favorite. I don't give two. I don't give a rat. You know why? Cause they said Bama was a 20, 20 point favorite against Auburn. You see how that turned out. So it is what it is. That's why we play the game. So I think my boys, as long as they go in here, Bryce, this all that needs to happen. Bill O'Brien, stop treating Bryce Young like he's Deshaun Watson with the Houston Texans. Let him go in there, play fast, where he ain't got to keep making all these calls at the line of scrimmage. Let's get this ball snapped before, you know, I would like the ball to be snapped before the 10 seconds on the clock. Let's stop the whole three seconds bullcrap we was doing in the last game so the defense know what's up because Georgia is too good to be giving them a a clear-cut advantage. And let this young man play. And here's the deal. We got to get Slade Bowden up out of there. I'm tired of looking at him. Let's go and replace him for uh, Jacory Brooks, and let's let's get this thing going, baby. You know what I'm saying? And then on the on the defense side of the ball, listen. Here's the deal. People talk trash about Alabama defense. Oh, y'all gave up this. Y'all gave up that. Listen. Number four in the nation in rush. Georgia number one. It's only two yards that that separate the two teams on defense when it come to rush defense. Georgia is a running team. They can't pass the ball, but they wa- they want to run the ball first. Keep this in mind. When they play, if Alabama can stomp in that defense and make Stetson Bennett make more decisions that he had to make all year because they, you know, the game usually gone by halftime, then we got a game, folks. And I, I think that is the key to this game. Can Alabama defense make Georgia offense somewhat one-dimensional and make Stetson Bennett have to throw that ball down the field? He's a little guy. He got some legs. I give him that. He can run the ball. He got some legs, but no one's like to run the ball if they keep getting hit. And I think that is the key for Alabama. If they want to be competitive in this game, or if they want to win the game. But yes, just I, I want it on record. I got my boys. You know what it is. I think, it, I, and I think this is a low-scoring affair. I, I see this probably being twenty twenty-four Alabama, like something low. It won't be this high-scoring. You know, pop, pop, pop. I, I think both defense will show up and make both teams earn what they're going to earn on their respective sides of the ball um then moving on at eight o'clock on abc we got the acc um, championship game listen uh pit three and a half points i'm just going to show some respect because it's the acc but i feel the same way about this game as i feel about the pac-12 championship somebody got to do it eight o'clock on abc i'm gonna say pittsburgh i guess but, you know, I really don't give a rat's ass, to be honest. And then the Big Ten Championship game. Now, this is a game I do care about. I think this game got big increments to it. Um, Michigan, they're 11-point favorite over Iowa. Uh, that, that game come on at 8 o'clock on Fox. And, look, here's the deal, right? I think the only reason Michigan is an 11-point favorite is because Iowa's offense is just god-awful. It's just in there. And they don't think that whole little rushing thing that they got going on going to be able to work against Michigan's front. So, that, that got to be it because Michigan pass game ain't scared nobody. Even against Ohio State, the passing game wasn't scaring nobody. And as good as our defense is, if they say 11 points, they got to tell me that they just don't think our offense is going to do hardly anything. It's going to be like flatline for majority of this game. So, I'm looking at that. I do take Michigan to win this game. I think it would be close, just like the SEC championship game. But Michigan does enough to win. But I think they have a Vera. they have a way harder time rushing the ball in this game than they had against Ohio State. That that stuff they did against Ohio State ain't coming – it ain't going to fly with Iowa because Iowa actually played some defense up the middle. That ain't going to fly. However, Ohio State offense is vastly better than Iowa's offense, and I think that's the difference here. So, all in all, man, like I said, I take Michigan in the Big Ten – Take Alabama in the SEC. Um, I'm gonna take Houston in the AAC just cause that's what I wanna see the, the you know the most. And then I'll take Oklahoma State in the big 12 game. Um, and, and that's what I'm looking at as far as the preview for championship week.
0: Yeah, I'm telling you, tomorrow from 12 to eight, start off on ABC with Oklahoma State and Baylor. Um, to, me, to me, in each of these games, there's a coach That's kind of in the spotlight. And that one is Mike Gundy. You beat Oklahoma last week in Bedlam to get this opportunity. Mm -hmm. You win. If you if you beat Baylor again, you're going to have a, you're going to have a good argument depending on how, how other things go. They got to take care of business first. And I think they will. I think their, their defense, I know they, they show some cracks against Oklahoma state, uh, but they've already beat Baylor once. Uh, I, I think they're gonna get him again. I, I like Spencer Sanders. I like what he can do, particularly uh, you know what he can do with his legs. And I, I was impressed with with him against uh, against Oklahoma. And I don't think I think Oklahoma State's defense. They're gonna get back to it. I don't think Baylor's offense. They can't do as much. You know they don't have a Caleb Williams back there throwing the football. I think Oklahoma State gonna get him. And then yo know, in that in the SEC title game, hey Kirby Smart, come on man. I think it, it's time. <laughs> it's time Kirby Smart. It's time to get them. Uh, I, I really, man. I'm, 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 re- I'm hesitant to go against Alabama, but um, jo- Georgia's been the best team in the country, wire to wire. It looked like Bama and Georgia was pretty even for about the first half of the year. Uh, Georgia's Georgia's kept throwing uh, throwing haymakers at people, and Bama they kind of been they've been middling a little bit, you know, like right. they out here they struggling against uh, LSU, you know. It, it take Bryce Young out here setting records. And they still can barely get by arkansas and then you know you know what we saw last week oh lord <laughs> this over, i know they i know them overtimes they quick now especially after two so you get four and you're like how they play four overtimes in 15 minutes don't worry about it It's the new rules <laughs> but um ooh.
1: which i like by the way which i like i wish the nfl adopts similar to but it's
0: players. um man when you struggle and maybe some of it is playing down the competition but um they they're gonna have to play their absolute best game, I think. I think it will be low scoring. I think it has to be low scoring for Alabama just because. And I know I know Georgia. This is the best this is the best offense Georgia's gonna play. But man, they're giving up seven points a game. So, oh, it's gonna be tough. Um, Bama's defense got to do. They got to have a repeat of what they did against Auburn uh, last week. I think they gotta stop the run. They gotta make it. They gotta look at Stetson Bennett and just be like, hey, man. You're going to have to beat us today. We're not letting your boys back there, it, it, Zamir White, James Cook, and, and everybody else back there. They're not getting mm. it today. we shutting them down. Show us what you can do throwing the ball. And then uh, then it comes down to like Stetson Bennett or Bryce Young. Uh, man, I'm going Georgia, but I, I'm not confident in it because I just, I ain't seen Kirby Smart do this yet. But he does, I think he does have the better team. He's got the, the only the only clear thing he doesn't have is the quarterback position. That that is a big plus for Alabama because it's Bryce Young and that boy is special. Um, so, but that's good. Look, it's going to be compelling. It's it's to c- cue the music for me already. I'm I'm ready. For it. <laughs> but I look, so I'm looking at Mike Gundy. I'm looking at Kirby Smart. They on the they on the hot seat. And then you know who a, who on the hot seat at eight o'clock on Fox? It's Jim Harbaugh. Those are the three coaches. Like they got opportunities right now. To get in on the playoff and look and look and look good doing it, it's it, yo man, it's Iowa. You you just you just told us about it. This offense is lackluster. Michigan, you can, the one thing you can't do, you can't come out here and beat Ohio State last week and then turn around and lose to the Kirk Ferentz's. this <laughs> week. you just you just can't do that. That they just can't. Aiden Hutchinson <laughs> on that defense leading the charge. I think he gonna I think he gonna have another big big day. Uh, Hassan Haskins, you know what he did last week against Ohio State, five touchdowns. Uh, I think it's going to be tougher to push Iowa around. Kay McNamara probably going to have to do a little bit more um, throwing the ball. I think that will be low scoring as well. But, um, man, I'm going Michigan. I think think it's chalk in those those three games. And uh, those are the three. I will say the AAC, I got some interest in that one because it's Cincinnati. And I think Cincinnati, they're going to finish the deal. They'll go undefeated. But I want to tell you, I want to get into just a little bit of this playoff talk because I'm looking at i I'm looking at six teams who have a shot right now, conceivably. It it would have to take some real chaos for it to open up any further. But the way I, if the way we see it right now, the one thing for me, the committee, the committee needs probably they, they just want Alabama to get on out of here. Like, don't make us do this. Because <laughs> look, if Alabama wins, then Georgia's still going. Because Georgia's still going to go because right. they've just, I mean, they've been the best team in the country all year. They play in the SEC. A loss to Alabama ain't going to hurt them. So if if Alabama wins, then you got a situation, well, what if Michigan wins? If Michigan wins, they're going to be in. So it would come down to an undefeated Cincinnati and a one-loss Oklahoma State, assuming everybody wins in this scenario. And that's going to be tough, man. Like,
1: it's going to be hard because wait nah. hold on hold on let me go ahead and pump the brakes right now. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off but i just want to know what why would that be so hard who why why is cincinnati if they're undefeated and a one loss oklahoma state why is that hard i just want to know because i feel like if this if you're talking about let's say you was talking about cincinnati and a one-loss michigan or cincinnati and a one-loss alabama or one-loss georgia That ain't a hard decision. You would take all three of those teams over Cincinnati, correct? So now I want to know why it's so hard? Because people want to tell me Oklahoma deserves to be in over Alabama. Why would an undefeated Cincinnati have such a hard argument against a one-loss Oklahoma State?
0: are Are you telling me that it's an easy just throw Oklahoma State in scenario?
1: I think it should be that way, but it's a reason why it's not that way, and that's what I'm trying to get at.
0: Well, I'm not sure. Well, Cincinnati, Cincinnati's been ahead of Oklahoma this entire way,
1: um, right?
0: And especially if they come out, I think it's it's going to be And look, it's a it's a doomsday scenario because that's and that's why I say the committee they want Alabama to lose or they want miss What they want one of these teams to go down to make it a little bit easier for them. And if it comes down to Cincinnati and Oklahoma State, Cincinnati they've been they've been what they've been in the top four. They haven't been in the college. They haven't been in the top four of the college football playoff rankings the entire time. But they've been in front of Oklahoma State the whole time. They've won all their games. They got a win. They got a signature win against Notre Dame. I just don't know. Like, what else? What else can you do? Like, how? How? I mean, I get like the argument. Like, they. I think they needed more style points to make it convincing. But if they come out and they just. They put Houston, you know, they beat them like thirty-eight, ten, or they they put they put a, a hammer to them. I, I I would have a hard time, I I, well, I would really struggle with rewarding a one-loss Big Twelve title team because I don't think a whole lot of the Big Twelve. And I really here's the here's the point I tell you, if I put Oklahoma State, and I think it's I think it's it's different than all the other teams. I think Michigan, Bama, Georgia, if you put them on the field against Cincinnati, I think Cincinnati. They're not gonna beat any of them. I think it's. I don't know about that. I don't know about that against Oklahoma State.
1: Ooh, I think, okay. I don't
0: know about. I don't know about that one. Ooh. And I think um, just from what I've seen from both of those teams, and it's the same thing. Like, what about if you put uh, Cincinnati's got to win against Oklahoma State? Or, excuse me, Notre Dame. You put Notre Dame and Oklahoma State. Is, is Oklahoma State that much better than Notre Dame? I don't know. I, I just. I just think that's a hard call because if if Cincinnati can't get in now with what they've done. Then I think the group of five thing is kind of over, and it might be over anyway because we've got on, a lot of the AAC teams are moving to the 12. A Big Twelve. Right. That's where the group of five juice is. So this might this is going to be mute moot probably after this season, and especially with all the expansion, you might have somebody just get in just because uh we just come on in here, man. We'll make it like the NCAA uh, men's basketball tournament and the women's. They they like that too. But um, th- that's a hard call for me, man. That is a hard call. But also think about this. What if Bama? This is this is doomsday the opposite way. What if Bama, Michigan, and Oklahoma State? Uh, what if all these teams lose? And if if you have too many of these teams lose, then Notre Dame's going to slide in, and then some. You might have a two-loss team get in, and that's where like the, I, the committee don't want. They they want to they want to hit this right in the middle. Get Alabama out of here, and then it'll be Michigan, Georgia. Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, that's probably the easiest thing for the committee. If one more team lost, then they can just slide Notre Dame in. But uh, if, if Michigan and uh, Oklahoma State and Cincinnati, a lot of these teams start losing, then you might have a case like, God, now we got to pull up the two loss resumes and see who we're going to slide in here. I really I really hope we don't see it. I hope some of these teams come out here and take care of business, make it easy. And uh, I'm not – look, sorry, not Sorry. Pac-12, ACC, do not care. You know what? How about ABC? ABC got three of the Power 5 championship games, and they still look like losers out here. The primetime primetime ABC game is the Pac-12 game, and I'm sorry. That ACC game, tomorrow night, God, I could care less about it. They playing at the same time in Michigan as Michigan and Iowa. Please, I want to see the ratings after that one. Fox should be crushing ABC and them ratings. There is no way that Pittsburgh and Wake Forest, Wake Forest, remember people were trying, oh, Wake Forest going to the playoff. No, they're not. Thank you, North Carolina and Clemson for getting them the hell out of here. I just, man, Fox get one of these games. CBS get one of them games. Thank God ABC got the Big 12 title game. They get some ratings tomorrow at noon. But, um, yeah i just want to get a little of the playoff talk the playoff talk because i think i I think if bama wins tomorrow that's gonna put a wrench into this and uh cincinnati oklahoma state it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting how they uh how they stack up
1: no i think i think it was smart that you you slid that in because sunday will be the selection show so you have championship you know week Saturday. Sunday. Sunday Sunday they do the selection show to let us know who's going to play where and such and such. So, I, I think, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up.
0: All right. Time to finish off the show with rapid reactions. A lot of topics, a little bit of time. Take it away,
1: Drink. Let's roll, baby. After a positive COVID test on Tuesday, LeBron James will be back with the, in the Lakers lineup tonight after clearing the NBA's health and safety protocol. Great news for the Lakers, right, Jay?
0: Yeah, man, they need him. They need him bad. And we we, we watched the Lakers a little bit this year. I'm sure you have more than me, but uh, when you look right. at him without LeBron and you look at Anthony Davis and uh, Westbrook trying to lead this team, it's just uh, it's a struggle out there. So um, yeah, they need him back, and hopefully uh, hopefully his body just you know is able to hold up at his advanced age, so he can uh, keep carrying them, carrying them to the promised land, hopefully. New Orleans Pelicans forward Zion Williamson was supposed to take part in his first full practice yesterday, but was held out due to soreness in his surgically repaired right foot. What's your reaction to this news?
1: Look, man, shut him down for the season. I'm, I'm tired of him. It's, I don't know. It, will he really make that huge of a difference if he come back and he's not fully healthy? Go and shut him down for the season. Listen. New Orleans gonna New Orleans gonna have to face the reality. They might have they might have effed up on this one. That's just what it is. Like John ja Moran out here, like his team beating people about 60, 70 points without him even playing. And you got like I don't know. They might they took an L on this. One. I don't know, Zion. You making me a little worried. You looking more like a bust every day that go past. Adrian Peterson has joined the Seattle Seahawks after a short unproductive stint with the Titans, and said he he is still playing. Because he loves the game. Do you think it's time for Pinsen to retire? I probably would if
0: I was him. But, uh, you know, he's still enjoying himself. He's still having fun, even if, even if it is at about two yards a carry. I mean, look, go ahead and make as much money as you can for as long as you can. And uh, you know what? It's, I think it's almost appropriate that he's with the Seahawks and with that just that floundering franchise. I, it's almost appropriate because that franchise uh, getting ran into the ground, let AP might as well, you know, get a few carries and – it just add to the misery out there because it's pretty terrible. <laughs> Notre Dame has promoted defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman, the head football coach. Good idea
1: to promote from within. Absolutely, especially a stud like Marcus Freeman. Thank, remember this. When we talked about this, I said that. When when Kelly Brown said he was going to LSU, I was like, oh, Freeman going to be the head coach. And our third party was like, who? Who was that? <laughs> and I was like, Marcus Freeman the uh, D- D.C. I think it's a – um. A fantastic move by Notre Dame because now, if Notre Dame does get to a spot where they can get in, I don't think the committee will hold them again, hold it against them now because Marcus Freeman is one of their guys and he is capable of coaching them in a playoff game. So, I think that's great news for Notre Dame. I think it's great news for Notre Dame as far as a recruiting, you know, stand standpoint. They didn't lose a whole lot with Brian Kelly going out the door, so fantastic news, and uh, congratulations to the young fella. After 26 seasons of labor peace, baseball has entered a lockout as the MLB and the MLB Players Association was unable to agree on a new CBA on Wednesday night. Jay, does this concern you?
0: Well, not really. Uh, based on just watching people in the media, how they talk about it, it seemed like this was something uh, people expected, but uh, the one thing that you know would concern you, know, you as a fan and definitely as a player, like, oh, are we going to miss games? And it seems like the consensus is no – they ain't gonna, I don't think they'll have something in place like well before the season gets underway. And the season don't start until, you know, end of March. So still plenty of time to get together. And we know how baseball is. We saw it, you know, with with COVID last season. You know, they they out here, they flop around sometimes, but they still got plenty of time. And uh, it seems like they'll, they'll get something in place. The Memphis Grizzlies set an NBA record last night for margin of victory <laughs> by beating the Oklahoma City Thunder 152 to 79. 73-point margin of victory. Drake, what would you have said to the Thunder after that game?
1: Move the team to Mexico. Look, here's the deal. Um, what? I just – I don't understand. Like, are we for real right now? Yo, and this team didn't even have their best player. Jabba Rat wasn't even available. And you get smoked like this by the Memphis Grizzlies? Come on, baby. Um. So, I don't – I don't know. Uh, hey, man, I put my resignation on your desk. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, this is pretty ugly and distasteful. I don't know what you say. I think you just go get in the shower, everybody just get on the buses, and you just kind of sit there and silence as you get to where you're going and just think about everything you did wrong and, and start over the next day. Madeline's men's basketball coach, Mark Turgeon, has stepped down after coaching the Terps since 2011. Does this surprise you?
0: Yeah, did. Didn't see it coming. I mean, this is a guy who's uh, Maryland quietly, you know, has become one of the one of the better programs um, in the Big Ten. They've been highly successful year in and year out in the NCAA tournament. They've made a couple of pretty good runs in the tournament. So, yeah, um, I know they they a little bit they're a little disappointed so far at five and three. But, um, yeah, still the, the timing didn't uh, didn't make a whole lot of sense to me tomorrow even it's ufc uh vegas 44 font versus aldo on espn plus at the ufc apex in las vegas the main event is a bantamweight flight between the number four ranked contender rob font and the number five ranked contender jose aldo What you got drink
1: yeah man i'm gonna take rob font here's the deal man jose aldo the goat the powerful pound guy um but he coming on his last legs man the fact that he's still top five in the bantamweight division is kind of head scratching for me but I'm gonna take uh, Funt. I do think this this goes to decision Funt, not really known as a guy to get it done early, goes to decision. Rob Funt's win, and then he calls out and say, "Hey, I want a title shot in a division that probably needs him to get a title shot because it's pretty lackluster." Virginia football coach Bronco Mendenhall is stepping down after six seasons after the Cavaliers play their bowl game. Jay, you seen this coming, right? Uh,
0: no, no, I did not oh, see this coming. Didn't? Oh, you uh, didn't? My bad. No. No, I mean, it was a pretty uh, tragic end of the season, losing uh, Virginia Tech the, the way they did. That was definitely a game they probably should have won. But, um, I mean, I, it's look, it's Virginia, so it's it's hard to imagine that, you know, we can do better than Bronco Mendenhall. So um, I, I'm concerned. I'm concerned as a Virginia fan as uh, as we move forward into the great beyond. Last one, Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on Showtime pay-per-view. It's Davis versus Cruz at the Staples Center or the Crypto.com Arena or whatever the hell it is in Los Angeles, (laughs) California. The WBA Light Championship is online when unbeaten five-time champion Javante Davis meets hard-hitting Isaac Cruz. Drink, do you see Cruz as a challenge for Davis?
1: I do. I see Cruz challenging Davis in the early rounds. I give him about the first six or seven rounds where he's going to make Davis think because he can hit. Um, but once, once Davis get this, under, he he's gonna measure him out. He's gonna calculate. He's gonna say, I need him here to do this. I need him here to do that. Once he hit him with a good, you know, uppercut slash body shot, yeah, cruiser funk. He probably gonna fold like the rest of them, and Javante go to another steamroll victory and and defend his title. So yeah, I definitely take Javante in a knockout somewhere between the eighth and twelfth round.
0: All right, that concludes tonight's drink of wisdom as always like listen share subscribe thank you for joining us i'm jay Watts,
1: and i'm nathan drinker and remember make tomorrow better than today and make today better than yesterday and you know what we gonna do we gonna holler at you until next time baby ladies and gentlemen this is a drink of wisdom